District Sentinel Radio here. It's the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're broadcasting from the Citizen Capital Studios in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. The city thriving today. The ghost of Barbara Bush strikes back. She's still fighting. I feel feel like she only emerges when the cap's back is against the wall. You know, she came on when the caps were down. What, were they down 2 nothing? Yeah, well, that, that's what, that's when she died. Yeah. When, when, against Columbus in the first round. Yeah, which uh, she fueled the team to win four straight. And then they, they come out and, you know, they're so-so against the Penguins. But then when the back's up against the wall, were, were they tied in that series at one point? 2-2 two, two and uh, going into game five. And she, she made, made herself known again. And here we are, down 3-2 last night. Caps win 3-0, forcing a game seven. I didn't watch the game. I'm guessing you did. Oh yeah, I did. You could you could feel Barb's presence on the ice. <laughs> When's game seven? Tomorrow. Man, you're gonna be a mess. Pray for Sam. Pray for Sam, everyone. Gonna get to the newscast here in just a moment. First, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month gets you access to bonus content. It also gets you your own haiku written by the Two Sams and Red on air on this program. It also gives you the good feeling of knowing you're helping the news co-op here in D.C. sustain itself, helping this podcast and uh, and our little print operation that we have over at districtsentinel.com. So if you have whatever you can spare, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. We'll put your name up on the uh, Solidarity Committee as well. It's Tuesday, May 22nd, 2018, here's the news. It's confirmed the administration wants to sanction U.S. allies because President Trump filled his diaper and violated the Iran nuclear deal. Steve Mnuchin made remarks on the matter today before a Senate Appropriations Subcommittee. Here's the Treasury Secretary in response to a question from Delaware Democrat Chris Coons. As it relates to the sanctions, as, as you're aware, the president, uh, because he did not sign the certification, the Iran sanctions will go back in place, both the primary sanctions and the secondary sanctions. And yes, we've already communicated with our European partners, both through Secretary Pompeo and myself, that we will be enforcing the secondary sanctions. Well, it appears the message has been effectively communicated. Yesterday, German economic minister Peter Altmaier said that German companies doing business in Iran can and should expect penalties from the United States. President Dealmaker with another master stroke here, alienating the country's friends, just as he uh, drew it up, I'm sure. In response to Mnuchin's comments, Senator Kuhn said he was opposed to the Trump administration pulling out of the Iran deal. The Democrat noted, however, that he was supportive of some of the neocon shit that Trump is currently pulling. I'll just say I'm very concerned about how that will affect our relations. Um, I agree with the broader objective of restraining, hopefully ending Iran's aggressive and bad behavior, but the division with our allies at a critical moment concerns me. 
In March, Coons was one of 10 Democrats to oppose a bill that would have stopped U.S. support for Saudi Arabia's atrocities in Yemen. So, yeah, sure, he sounds very concerned indeed about, quote, aggressive and bad behavior. The framing of all this is important, and you you framed it well in your article over at DistrictSentinel.com today. The U.S. is violating the Iran deal, and as a result of the U.S. violating the deal, the U.S. feels... It can sanction other countries or or companies in countries that didn't violate the deal and decided to stay in the deal. Yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, what's going on here. It's pretty fucked up. It is pretty fucked up indeed. One more thing to note from the hearing, Coons also asked Mnuchin about allegations concerning the disappearance of records about Michael Cohen, so-called suspicious activity reports collected by Treasury on shady bank transactions, or at least any transaction above a certain threshold, $10,000. We've been talking about the story on the show. It was first reported by Ronan Farrow for, for The New Yorker. A whistleblower claimed he was afraid the records were disappearing. The Treasury Inspector General then said it's looking into the matter, possibly some cloak and dagger shit. Anyway, here's Mnuchin today on the affair. Let me first comment uh, that... I personally have not been involved in any of the procedures or anything associated with this. Sorry to interrupt, but you got to love the Trump administration mantra of cover your ass. Just always make sure that your ass is covered. Anyway, please continue. But I will also comment, uh, we have a, we do have procedures where at the request of law enforcement agencies, we do have the ability to suppress important information. And for different law enforcement reasons, as you can appreciate, this is often done. Mnuchin then said he wasn't remarking on whether or not this was done in the case of Michael Cohen. But it sure does sound like it. Yeah, he pretty much confirmed it from what I heard. (laughs) It sure does fucking sound like it. It also sounds like Ronan Farrow's source uh, may have been a bit misinformed about agency procedure. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos was on Capitol Hill today testifying before the House Education and Workforce Committee. And I know that the Trump administration is full of people like Rick Perry and Ben Carson, but I'm willing to wager that Betsy DeVos knows far less about what's going on in her department than any of the other clowns I just mentioned. There was a good example of that during Tuesday's hearing. Here she was being asked by Representative Mark Takano about a pilot program at the department to begin delivering federal student aid via prepaid bank cards. The federal student aid office is expected to roll out the program to as many as 100,000 students this year. Take a listen. Now I want to move on to talk about the, the Department of student, a student, uh, Federal Student Aid's new payment a card pilot program. Uh, Dr. A. Wayne Johnson, Mr. Patrick J. Fox, and Ms. Laura Schuler all have previous ties to financial firms like MasterCard, Citibank, and Bank of America, and they are working on implementation of the pilot card program. Do you agree that it would be a serious conflict of interest if these three people were involved in selecting the financial firm that will carry out the program? I um, am confident in the FSA team that is tasked with in implementing this pilot program that the appropriate um, delineation of duties are in place and that we are going to advance would you, the would program. Would you agree that these particular individuals who had recent close ties to those institutions, if they were to be involved in selecting the institution that would benefit from the program, that would be a conflict of interest? 
all of those who work within the Department of Education take their ethics agreements very seriously and are bound to them and operate accordingly. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, so it's clear here that uh, the secretary doesn't, uh, she's not concerned at all about these possible conflicts of interest, but there are a lot of people concerned about this program in general. A group of Democratic senators wrote a letter earlier this year looking for more details about the card program, like will banks use it to offer students other services? Will banks dig through spending habits and private information to market more risky products to students? Will banks restrict where the funds can be spent? What sort of fees and charges will be applied to these cards? I mean, this isn't exactly a new idea. Schools have worked with banks in the past to deliver student aid on bank cards, but it was abused with high transaction fees and led to federal student aid being siphoned off into the coffers of big banks. This was so much of a problem that the Obama administration issued a rule in 2015 to crack down on the practice. So it makes you wonder what the rationale for this program even is this time. Unfortunately, as Representative Alma Adams learned in the following clip, the head of the Department of Education is apparently the wrong person to ask about the program. Let me um, follow up uh, on uh, Mr. Takano's um, comments to you and the questions, and I'm curious about uh, what the rationale for these cards are. I'm sorry? The cards, you know, he talked to you um, about the, um, uh, the student loan disbursements and the cards. So, um, cards. The, okay, let me, let, me just, let me just move on. Like, this wasn't later in the hearing. She was, there was Takano asking a question all about the cards. Then a Republican asked a question. And then Representative Adams, another Democrat, brought up what Takano was just asking about. And DeVos acting like she has no idea what she's talking about. (sighs) Next time, Rep. Adams, don't move on so quickly. It could get awkward and uncomfortable during those moments, I know. But just keep hammering it. Yeah, I I don't understand what that was about. There was blood in the water. You gotta, you gotta go for it. I I mean I don't think DeVos knows anything about this program. If you listen to her answers during Takano's questioning, she didn't get any of the specifics of the program. She was just dispelling any concerns that there might be a conflict of interest with which banks are chosen. Speaking of banks, it's almost a done deal. Today, the House is considering the Senate-passed bill rolling back Dodd-Frank financial regulation. We should expect final votes later this evening or this afternoon. It's widely expected to pass. Don't expect a repeat of last week's farm bill fiasco. We'll tell you tomorrow exactly how many Democrats vote yes. Uh, My guess on Twitter today was 12. Care to offer any estimates here? I will take the over. (laughs) You're like the price, the price is right people who just bet one dollar or whatever. You, you bet, you'll bet $13 or whatever just to uh, one up me. And anyway, at the heart of the legislation, exemptions from heightened supervision for some of the largest banks in the country, the two dozen or so firms with between 50 and $250 billion in assets. The bill also undermines data reporting requirements that help enforce anti-discrimination laws. It would also literally force regulators to individually tailor enhanced rules for the biggest banks. Too big to fail usually means too big to regulate. In other news, banks insured by the federal government are just fucking rolling in it. 
FDIC-insured institutions saw total profits of $56 billion in the first quarter, the agency said today. That's up 27.5% from the same time frame last year, thanks in part to Republicans' corporate tax giveaway. The ACLU uncovered a bit of a bombshell today. Apparently the world's richest man, Jeff Bezos, is delivering very powerful surveillance software to cops. The ACLU found that Amazon had developed facial recognition surveillance systems called recognition, with a K instead of a C, you know, the whole disrupting thing. (laughs) And the company has assisted police forces in Florida and Oregon with deploying the technology, even over the concerns of individuals working within the police force. Sounds like they should call it cognition with three Ks. Yeah, that would work better. The relationships between Amazon and police are also covered by non-disclosure agreements, preventing parties from discussing the technology. The ACLU asked the Washington County Sheriff's Department in Oregon and police in Orlando, Florida, for records about the systems. Specifically, the ACLU wanted information on what outreach the police did with the public before rolling out the technology and what legal restrictions are applied to it. Neither department found responsive records, likely due to the NDA. According to promotional material obtained by the ACLU, recognition can identify, track, and analyze people in real time and recognize up to 100 people in a single image. It then can run information it collects against databases featuring tens of millions of images of faces. The Washington County Sheriff's Office has since built up a mugshot database of 300,000 to use in coordination with recognition. The ACLU warned, quote, With recognition, a government can now build a system to automate the identification and tracking of anyone. If police body cameras, for example, were outfitted with facial recognition, devices intended for officer transparency and accountability would further transform into surveillance machines aimed at the public. Jesus, that's that's just another reason why police body cams are just not the answer here, people. Yes. So go ahead and keep on defending Amazon and the world's richest man libs as they sell surveillance technology that will be used to target minority communities to the cops. Oh, Mr. Bezos, can I shine your head, please? (laughs) Finally today, there are some serious elevator problems at the Department of Justice. NBC4 local news reporter Scott McFarland flagged records showing that the DOJ headquarters here in D.C. needs $23 million in elevator upgrades. It's a lot of elevator upgrades. Reading directly from the report on the elevators, quote, Problems are occurring with the door adjustments on the elevator car and hatch doors, causing frequent entrapment of building occupants. Sounds like the Sentinel boys might need to FOIA all emails containing the words, Jeff Sessions stuck in elevator. We are on top of it. That is the newscast today. Before we go, let's check out the old listener rant line. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Uh, I just wanted to follow up with Monday's caller talking about how Goombas are uh, the working class and Mario and Luigi are, in fact, uh, cops. Um, I'm this. Uh, Goombas are Goombas. Uh, Mario and Luigi are Italian. Uh, what's another word for Italians? Possibly derogatory. Uh, Goombas. Uh, so I conclude that Mario and Luigi uh, are themselves Goombas and they are stepping on their own kind and so not only cops but really just straight uh, traitors so uh, that's it I'm going to hang up
Sorry about that. Bye. No need to apologize. Thank you very much for that insight. What's up, fellas? It's Keister. Uh, it's been a long time. I haven't uh, been linked to episodes uh, as I promised. Catching up on old ones, and uh, Jorts was talking about uh, Phoenix, and what a fucking shithole. Anybody out there living in Phoenix, you should seriously consider moving, selling your home, if you have one, because Phoenix is running out of water, literally. Uh, Soon your home will not be worth anything. Um, He is right. Uh, Flagstaff is a very cool place and uh whatever happened to internate by the way uh but uh sands if you haven't been to the grand canyon you should go uh it is remarkable and uh why not just fly in and out of uh vegas uh make a you know a fun trip out of it uh see the dam and uh have a good time all right guys hope you have a live show sometime in the summer that i can make and uh yeah smoke on <laughs> thank you uh keister that does sound like a, a hell of a fun trip flying out to vegas to see the grand canyon i've been to vegas like 10 times never never went to see the grand canyon though i know uh i know this kid wants to do a live show in vegas Yes, live show in Vegas. Kill two birds with one stone there. I wouldn't say no. Maybe we should do live camping shows. <laughs> just get a group campsite and just I think we come should... get wrecked in the woods with the Sentinel Boys. I like the idea of doing a live show in one of those like bars in the casinos uh, where the fat Elvis impersonator performs like every other day where we, where we can get a new item from the buffet for every segment we do. Yeah. Pass up the Mac and cheese. Now, now the tendies now, et cetera, et cetera. Let's, yeah, let's get to work uh, on, on possibly planning this. I also like the idea that Keister listens to old episodes. <laughs> this is a news program. So it, t- it kind of needs to be listened to daily, but, uh, I, I like, I like that Keister's listening to like three month old news episodes. <laughs> Well, you got the rant line drama. So, uh, oh, by the way, Internate got a job. That's well, why you'll <laughs> you'll find out eventually as you catch up, <laughs> Keister. Thanks for the call. 202-684-6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, levelnews.org and Citizen Capital. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're in D.C. so you don't have to be.